Hey Earthlings, welcome to Spaceship One, where we showcase solutions that repair and fuel our original spaceship, planet Earth, for the long haul, with abundance for all. I'm your co-host, Anna, and today we're getting into the clean energy transition, specifically how important it is for the world to get off coal, the dirtiest, deadliest energy source of all, and for us to get on way more nuclear power, which is actually some of the cleanest, safest energy out there. I'm so excited to have Megan Pulliam, Chief Development Officer at Terra Praxis, with us today to talk about their Repowering Coal initiative, which aims to convert the world's 2,400 coal plants to nuclear. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Let's start with a little bit of what you do at TerraPraxis and what made you want to work with them. Thank you, Anna. It's so great to be here. Like you said, I'm the Chief Development Officer at TerraPraxis. We are powered by philanthropy, so I have the honor of working with our individuals, foundations, and government donors. Um, throughout my career, I've worked with numerous nonprofits across you know, almost every sector, ranging from, you know, theater to healthcare to religion. And before I joined TerraPraxis, I really wanted to do something that was going to have a scalable impact. And so I was really loving the work that I was doing, you know, specific to local communities in the Northeast of the United States. But I was thinking like, what if I could do something that would be bigger and that would impact instead of maybe, you know, a thousand kids at a school, it would impact like, you know, billions of kids and future generations. And so when I learned about TerraPraxis, I was just like, wow, I can't think of a more important thing to be working on. What makes TerraPraxis unique and what excites me the most is that we're focused on unsolved areas of the climate challenge looking at kind of where other people are and looking at the biggest risks to the energy transition that if they go unaddressed, we're really doomed to fail. And how can we build, you know, bipartisan bridges and coalitions around a just transition, reusing existing infrastructure without requiring on individual behavior change? That theory of change is what really excited me because I was like, okay, this is something that can scale. Like this is the way that I think we need to focus on climate change. Absolutely. I mean, solving climate change literally depends on our ability to scale up all the solutions that we need. And repowering coal is a big one. So I kind of want to back up a bit and talk about coal for a minute to kind of set the stage for going into the specifics of the TerraPraxis Repowering Coal Initiative. So we all know coal is dirty. It pollutes the air and water and soil. And that pollution kills people. Coal is responsible for millions of premature deaths per year, from asthma to heart disease to cancer. And yet, coal still makes up about a third of the world's energy mix. So why is it that coal is still used so much if it's so bad for us? Why is coal this sort of unsolved area of climate, like you were saying? It's a great question. And coal is just one of the 
most important energy sources today, even noting all those really negative impacts. And that's because coal throughout history has been critical to economic growth, bringing billions of people out of poverty worldwide. And still today, it's helping to lift millions of people out of poverty in places like Asia and Africa, where increasing populations and rising standards of living and industrialization are causing more coal plants to be built each year than are being shut down. So even though uh, many developed countries are calling for mandates to phase out coal use, that was a big outcome of COP26 in 2021. Right now, we're in a, an energy crisis where politicians are having to choose between providing electricity and heat to their constituents, as well as jobs and tax revenues and the larger economic benefits of these power plants versus meeting decarbonization goals. So that's kind of where TerraPraxis is coming in and designing a fast, low-cost, and repeatable system for replacing coal power plants with clean energy. Such a cool idea and so needed. So how exactly does it work? How do you convert coal to nuclear? Yeah, so what makes the TerraPraxis model unique is we're trying to design an approach that can maintain the use of the existing infrastructure that already exists. So instead of you know completely knocking something down and starting from scratch, we're designing a system where you could simply replace the coal fire boiler with a new heat source, such as a small modular reactor. And so it'd be a new source of clean steam instead of the dirty coal generated steam that would spin the existing steam turbines and you could reuse the existing cooling systems and grid connections. And so what's critical about that approach, it means that these coal plants can maintain operation so they can maintain the important energy they're providing, you know, they're fueling not only homes, but other industries that rely on this energy that can all uh, maintain operation and the existing workforces who know how to run a power plant can continue their jobs, you know, almost as usual in some regards. And then of course there will be many new green jobs that are created and we'll be working with communities and you know local community colleges and other organizations to ensure that there are opportunities for job training and upskilling as that will be an important piece of this as well. The US Department of Energy recently published a report on repowering coal plants with nuclear that featured TerraPraxis. And it concluded that in one of their sample regions, by replacing a coal plant with nuclear, it would increase almost $275 million in economic activity to the region and add 650 new permanent jobs. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, when we're talking about the clean energy transition, we have to remember it needs to be a just transition, right? We can't leave people behind. And it sounds like nuclear is such a good fit 
for replacing coal, at least in part because of the way it produces electricity. It's basically the same, you know, creating heat to power a turbine. It's just a lot cleaner. I guess I'm wondering, why nuclear? Why not solar or wind? I'm sure reliability is probably a big factor here. Like, I know nuclear plants operate at full capacity, way more than any other energy source. You're right spot on. That reliability is really important. And especially as we think about climate change and how that's warming our planet, there's just going to be more demand for energy 24 hours a day. People who listen to this podcast probably know that we have until 2050 to replace fossil fuels and also double our energy supply to meet up with global energy demand. Still today, 600 million people lack basic electricity to power their lives. So we're you know, really going to need a huge amount of clean energy. We were talking to you know, one coal plant utility in Arizona, and they need to be able to have air conditioning during the summer all hours of the day. You know, when it's dark outside, although they have so much sun, to be able to store that electricity with a battery produced by solar to replace their coal plant, they're just looking at that not being economically sustainable. And so that is one reason why a community might choose nuclear energy instead of, you know, wind or solar. Also, some areas of the world, they just might not have enough wind or sun And so nuclear energy is a really natural choice because it requires a fraction of the land is the most dense energy known to humanity. So that means it requires a really small amount of space to produce a ton of energy. So that has the added benefit of not destroying local ecosystems and biodiversity. There's already a lot of uh, moratoriums we're seeing on construction of, you know, wind and solar just because of how much land it consumes. Places like the, you know, South Central United States, where most of these coal plants are, those are densely populated regions of the country. And to replace the coal would potentially be, you know, taking up the entire open land surrounding that area. And so when we're thinking about what is one of the most sustainable sources of energy, it's actually nuclear. You know, the United Nations recognizes that, the European Union Sustainability Framework recognizes that nuclear is a sustainable source of energy. But with mainstream thinking of how we build nuclear power plants today, it's a very bespoke process, designing for one plan at a time, you know, it can take 10 years and billions of dollars. And knowing that there's 2,400 coal plants around the world, that conventional way of thinking is not going to have an impact. So we believe that repairing coal plants with advanced nuclear energy would be able to provide an affordable and reliable and emissions-free source of energy to billions of people worldwide and improve health of communities. Not to mention, it would also enable the current communities to maintain the economic benefits that they have from these power plants. 
Yeah, let's dive into that a bit more. So you mentioned jobs earlier. What are some other economic benefits that people can expect to see with the coal to nuclear transformation? And I guess beyond the economy, what are the benefits to people's health? Yeah, so this opportunity, in addition to jobs, you know, we believe that it will also create a lot of investment opportunities in communities. So big corporations like, you know, Microsoft have said that they are going to by 2030 run on 24-7 clean energy for their data centers and operations and things like that. So big corporations are looking for sources of clean energy. So we believe that, you know, economically, it definitely can revitalize communities. And also health-wise, nuclear energy is one of the safest sources of energy. It's actually something like 350 times safer than coal. Yeah, I've seen the scientific reporting that coal ash is actually 100 times more radioactive than nuclear waste. That's correct. Absolutely. And so in addition to having emissions-free energy, it will also dramatically reduce air pollution, the contamination to, you know, the ground and the water, you know, all those negative health impacts that communities are experiencing will be eliminated. And these projects, of course, will have a really major role in helping remediate the harm that has already been done and ensuring that cleanup occurs. That is really good to hear. And, you know, it's making me think of Germany and how much of a coal mess they're going to have to clean up because they're shutting down nuclear. They just shut down their last three nuclear plants recently. Yeah. And new studies are showing by doing that and having to switch back to coal, they're actually going to cause an excess of 800 more deaths per year than would have occurred if they had just kept their nuclear power plants running. Yeah, I think it really goes to show, again, nuclear is far safer than coal. We need more of it, not less. I'm also thinking of Indonesia, because I know they have a lot of coal there and have recently committed to phasing it down. But there are these loopholes where pre-planned projects are still happening. I feel like what's lacking is political will per usual, but I'm curious, how is Terra Praxis approaching this problem? Yeah, so Indonesia is definitely somewhere that we're actively working with partners there because we think that they would be a really great candidate for repairing coal plants. Terra Praxis's model is we're looking to create a fast, low-cost, and repeatable deployment model for repairing coal plants that will work everywhere in the world. You know, taking this knowledge and how can it be applied to low- and middle-income countries to help support their energy transitions. Because right now, they might be, you know, building new coal plants because of energy demand, but could we, you know, leapfrog that? Could we have them start with some of these projects where it's you know, coal to nuclear or even just nuclear, but using a design for manufactured and assembly and standardized approach so that they can achieve the benefits a lot faster and that they don't have to, you know, go through the 
mistakes that a lot of developed countries had to do with coal and all the terrible health impacts? Could they just leapfrog to these new clean energy sources? And that's where Fair Practice is coming in with our world-class sustainability experts with regulators and heat source vendors and uh, governments and industry leaders to design a rapid deployment model for repairing coal plants with nuclear so that it actually can, you know, have the impact we need it to in the near term and not, you know, one plant is done every 10 years. Um, and so we're using philanthropy to really incubate this vision so that it can get picked up, you know, in the market and have supportive policy that, you know, enables that to happen and how can we figure out how this can all be financed. And that's the work that we're doing by conducting feasibility studies um, with different countries around the world to be able to further define the political, social, and economic requirements to enable this vision to happen. Because Knowing that there's, you know, 2,400 coal plants worldwide, that means we need to be doing hundreds of projects per year. With coal being responsible for almost a third of all our global carbon emissions, if we don't come up with a practical and viable solution, we are on a road to catastrophic climate change in this century. And we know that, you know, the current kind of solution, which was let's just shut them down, is not going to happen because we need to replace that energy with something new and something better. And we have to do it quickly. And so that's really what we're trying to achieve. Such an incredibly important mission. I just really appreciate your work, Megan. And thank you for sharing it with us on the Spaceship One podcast today. Thank you so much, Anna. Really appreciate all the work that you're doing in terms of amplified really critical causes. Thanks, Earthlings, for joining us for the 20th episode of the Spaceship One podcast. If you liked this episode, follow us and leave a five-star rating so we can reach more Earthlings like you and keep giving y'all solutions-focused content on climate, energy, health, and justice. Stay tuned for our next episode where we introduce Spaceship One's partner, Air Guardian, led by my co-host Paloma and Spaceship One team member Michelle. They'll both be joining us to talk about their outreach efforts to improve air quality, indoors and outdoors, in low-income communities in California.